Hey Seinfeld fans, we've got lots of really cool things we're planning for Bidwabask in the future. That's right, we're growing and evolving. And to help us in that process, we're asking you to take literally two minutes to answer a really small survey that we've set up. That's right, if you head to the link that's in our show notes of the podcast, we'd really, really appreciate it. We sure would. And uh, thanks so much for your support. And now on to this week's episode. So where is this baby anyway? Oh, check it out. I guarantee you, you've never seen anything quite so objectionable. <laughs> it's down the hall, third door on your left. Oh my God. I'm sorry, I thought this was the baby's room. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Secondary character. Oh, oh God. What? I, I thought this was the baby's room. Huh? huh? Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. <gasps> I was in the pool. <laughs> I was in the pool. Uh, yeah. Poor George. Poor George indeed. This is But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character and welcome for another week of shenanigans. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And this is a podcast where we talk about the secondary characters of the greatest sitcom of all time. That is Seinfeld. Yes, and this week, Stephen, it is a fifth episode. So it is What's the Deal with... Rachel Goldstein. That's right. Jerry's longest... Well, I guess it's Jerry's longest relationship in the uh, in the show. At least uh, in airtime, yes, that's yeah, right. Four episodes, to be exact. Yeah. So uh, she had a really good run. And uh, I guess Jerry, you know, didn't. there was no real thing that Jerry found for Rachel that uh, she he wanted to break up with her with. You know, usually she he finds, like, little things. Most of the time, Jerry breaks up with his girlfriends, but she decided to break up with him, and uh, he was perfectly okay with it. He was fine. Everything so even well adjusted. Up. It's yeah. all right. I'll meet someone else. Yeah. Good luck to you. Good luck to you. Yeah, you uh, too. You too. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. No. A very different ending to a relationship. Very amicable. Very nice. Very yeah. friendly. No childishness. No bitterness. No. It all. No it all worked out. Just, all worked out nice. Yep. She probably went on and met someone really nice. He, I can't remember who his girlfriend is after Rachel. I forgot. But uh, yeah, very, very strange, but and, good. Yeah, but we'll talk about Rachel. Um, you know, because we wanted to do like a, a, another female character, and we saw that there's there's not many other prominent female secondaries that we've. I mean, we've we've talked about most of them now. Yeah, we've so, talked about Susan. We've talked about the Seinfeld uh, parents. Seinfeld parents. Oh well, you know, like Helen. I mean. Yep. And you know, also Estelle Costanza, Babs Kramer. Yeah. You know, so then there was no one really else. Oh, you, we've done Sue Ellen Mishki. We talked yeah. about her. Yep. A couple of seasons ago. Yep. You know, so we thought now Rachel Goldstein is one of the more prominent female secondaries. We thought was still a female. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't hold a lot of uh, significance in terms of uh, like affecting Seinfeld the Seinfeld universe long term but yeah she deserves a place as a as a as a prominent secondary character based on the fact that like you said she's a uh, she's Jerry's longest serving girlfriend on the show yeah exactly longest running a girlfriend. longest serving <laughs> that's think, not what I meant no I know what you mean no 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 <laughs> misogynist I know exactly what you total mean total prick <laughs> and if you want to be mad at me because of my 
obvious misogyny, <laughs> you can email us. We have an email address, bidwabaskpodcast. Alanjones at gmail.com. Oh, the misogynist <laughs> in the woods. Yeah. The guy in the wood pile. Uh, what did he say? Oh, I'm not repeating that. No. That old saying. Ooh. Yeah, that old dinosaur. Shocking. Uh, moving on. Yes, yes, we have an email address, bidwabaskpodcast, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C, podcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of your other social medias. Uh, we are available on every uh, podcast service you can think of. We are, yes. If you want to leave us a five-star review, that would be amazing. Uh, it helps our visibility on those apps, uh, and it, help, it helps with exposure as well. And tell your friends about it. If they watch Seinfeld and they love the show and they're looking for a new Seinfeld podcast, you know, now Seincast and post-show recaps are done and dusted, mm-hmm. you know, they, tell them to listen to this one. Yeah, go back and listen to those podcasts because they're both excellent. Mm. Uh, but like uh, Ivan said at the start, we talk about the secondary characters, so... Uh, we offer something a little different, a little complimentary podcast to those uh, now finished excellent podcasts. Indeed. And now we are on Patreon, so you can, uh, you know, give us some money. So you can become a patron and you get bonus content depending on your tier that you select. That's right. For $1 a month, you can donate to the Human Fund, uh, being Ivan and Stephen. Yes. Us. Uh, and, and, f- and you get a shout out, um, you know, every week as well as a thank you. So we're going to thank our current patron. Uh, his name's Tim. I want to be, I want to be like Tim. <laughs> That's right. He's a $2 a month patron. So for $2 a month, he gets access to bonus content and early access to certain episodes. That's right. Mm. Uh, and if you want to get access to that contest... Contest, contest, contest. Yeah, if you want to, if you if you want this to be a contest, you know, I've just it just occurred to me. What's that? If we ever get enough patrons where we would have a contest, we should have a contest. Oh, <laughs> I'm out. It should just be an honor system. It shouldn't oh. be, you know. I'd be I'd be up for that. <laughs> you'd be up for it. That's right. Are you sure you it'd be okay? Yeah, you know, for the people in your life, it'd be you fine. To, to do a contest. Yeah, I'd make it okay. I'd be like, <laughs> I've just got a new girlfriend and she's awesome, uh, but. She understands that Seinfeld is number one. Oh, jeez. She's <laughs> going to be she, like she Rachel. Hears... She's going to be like Rachel four episodes in, Kaylee. Uh, you yeah. know, she goes, that's it, I'm done. Yep. Yeah. If you're listening to this, I'm not sure if you listen to this podcast, but uh, if you're listening, I'm sure you feel very special right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're I'm second sure. to a sitcom. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so if you want access to that Patreon uh, content for $2 Australian a month, you can get it. Indeed. Now, you have an excellent Seinfeld news segment, Steve. Um, I guess you're you're uh, going to start with a very uh, like a, an incredible story, which I found on one of the Seinfeld Facebook groups. No Seinfeld group for you, and oh man, it's incredible! It I can't is. wait till you mention it. So this is not technically Seinfeld news. Normally, I report things that have happened in the week since the previous episode, uh, but this came to uh, Ivan's and then my attention in the last week. So that's why we're counting it in this week's Seinfeld news. Uh, there is a company, an Australian company called Hom Mystia. So it's H O M M E M Y S T E R E, and this is not a paid plug. But uh, yeah, if they want to support us anyway, <laughs> yeah, please. That would actually be a really good sponsorship. That deal. would be a great sponsorship. <laughs> Yeah. The bro or the man's ear. That's right. Oh, I spoiled it. That's right. So they are an Australian company and they design and manufacture attractive underwear for men. Yeah, that's right. Like lingerie. Yeah. Like, you know, very like intimate undergarments. That's right. So yeah. they offer bras, G-strings, briefs, and lingerie that's on the fancier side. Mm. So lots of frilly bits, lots of see-through bits. Uh, yeah, really, really nice underwear for men. I'm sure they watched the episode The Doorman, you know, uh, when they were planning this. They probably thought, Frank Stanza's onto something. Yep. 
We better we better get into it. That's it. Yeah. I I I would like to think, and for the sake of this podcast and our audience and our fanaticism of Seinfeld, I'm just going to assume that they were inspired by uh, the bro Manzia or the Manzia. Yeah, yep. I think Frank was a, in in the male bra industry. I think Frank is a pioneer for sure. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Life imitating art, indeed, as we say quite a lot. That was a great great story though. Like, yeah. I read that and I was like, dude. You have to mention this. Perfect story. You have to. Yeah. So they uh, have been around for uh, nearly 10 years. So they started out in 2009. They've only got an online presence. But if you go to hommestia.com, um, you can pick up various bits and pieces. Uh, yeah. So an interesting company with an interesting concept doing interesting things. Uh, what I, I was trying to think of like a little tagline for them if I ever worked in advertising. Um, and what I came up with, and it's pretty bad, but whatever. Uh for men who want to feel prettier than their old crusty bonds. <laughs> Jeez. I, I just have bro or man's ear. Yep. And I'd have like a social media promotion where it'd be like a poll mm-hmm. and it'd say, you, you, know, you call it the bro or the man's ear? Yep. And that'll draw all the Seinfeld fans in. True. It'd be easy to take the footage. It'd be easy to take that scene and just um, like superimpose CGI over uh Hommesty's underwear over the actual underwear over the bra that um, oh, over that Frank's. Kramer and Frank's bra. It's probably copyright issues though. Yeah, I think yeah, do yeah, it. true, true. But true. if you guys are listening, yeah, you know, that company, if you send can us do a that, sample, please. Oh, yeah, not just a sample. Do, we can do a review, and that can be a um, Patreon episode. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> Product reviews. <laughs> Maybe for our next Sign live, up. our next live show, we'll wear it. Yeah, we'll wear it on just, stage. Just that. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Indeed. Anyway, make sure it's a summer's day though. No, yeah. Not not in the cold Melbourne winters. Place. No, unless no. it's in a really nice like heated place, I, <laughs> I wouldn't wear it. Uh, well, I wouldn't wear just that if it was cold. No. Second bit of Seinfeld news: a interesting tidbit came up through the week, uh, and I almost missed this one. Uh, an article came out on Architectural Digest. Uh, and it was an article about Jerry Seinfeld's summer home, and it's in the Hamptons. Of course. I think you've mentioned that before. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the article describes in detail a lot of the, I guess, the architectural aspects of the house. Um, you know, how it was made, its history, how many rooms it has, blah, blah, blah. So, if you're into that, uh, there will be a link in the show notes, so have a read. Uh, but one one bit of uh, information that I wanted to make note of, being a coffee fanatic and a coffee snob, mm-hmm. they have a $17,000 and that's US, coffee machine in the house. Well, Jerry's a massive coffee aficionado, as we can see in uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. That's right. But but does he have two solariums and two horses named Snoopy <laughs> and Prickly Pete? He does. He does. I hope he does. I hope he does, too. I hope he does. He also has a 22-car garage just in that house, no. which makes yeah. sense as well. Yeah. Uh, the coffee machine's called an Electra Blue Epoch. Epoch. E P O Q U E. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's seventeen grand. Sounds very sophisticated. Indeed, it does. I, I bet you Jerry doesn't make his coffee. Not at all. I'm he'd, sure he'd get a barista. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Fuck, I would. <laughs> yeah. Uh, third bit of news: the Daily Terror. 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 The Terror. <laughs> That was That's the Sydney newspaper, isn't it? The, the Daily Telegraph. Maybe I was meant to say the Daily Terrible, because it is... Well, there's also the Herald Scum. That's, That's the true. Melbourne newspaper. That's true. You know? <laughs> the Daily Terrible Graph. Yeah. Oh, the Daily Terror Graph. I love that one. Oh, that's good. That was an accidental slip. The Murdocracy at work. Ooh. Ooh. Reported that a... Well, it was an article on general fashion trends of the last 20 years. Uh, and it had a list of items of clothing that it considered sort of transcendent in fashion. You know, not part of a fad, but sort of, uh, you know, they've they've bucked trends and they've maintained 
their fashionability. Is that a word? Fashionability? Like Panama hats. Panama hats. <laughs> and know. urban sombreros. Yes, indeed. And <laughs> uh, bros and man's ears. And one of them was, what puffy do you think shirt. it was? It was. The puffy shirt, yes. Yep. So in the article, they talked about the history of the puffy shirt uh, and how it came back into fashion in the late 90s. I don't know whether that's related to Seinfeld or just a coincidence. Yeah. Citing examples of celebrities like Margot Robbie and Gigi Hadid. I'm not too sure who she is. I think she's a model. A model, maybe? yeah. And then Prince wore it back in the day, I yeah, think, that's for a couple true. of gigs. And I think Lord, you know, the, New- uh, the, the, the yeah. late uh, New Zealand singer, I think yep. she wore it for a gig well, as well. You about to say the late New Zealand singer? The late New Zealand singer. It's like Prince died. She didn't. <laughs> yes. Oh, Unless Lord. at the end of this recording, we turn, you know, we, we put our phones on and then we find out that Lord did die. We're like, <gasps> uh, uh, I'm not making any more predictions about death on the podcast. No. Nope. Rupert Murdoch. I mean... Oh, whoops. Alan Jones. <laughs> Alan Jones, yeah. <laughs> Very Mountain the Woods. <laughs> Final bit of news. And this is a nice positive note to end on after talking about burying people out in the woods. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, uh, again, JLD, she's back back with a bang. The last few weeks she's been in all of the Seinfeld newses. Uh, she shared a short video of herself answering her phone. So she, it was uh, during the first week or two of filming of the new season of Veep. And uh, as she's the president in the show, she's wearing a very nice presidential suit. Uh, And she put up a little video of herself answering her phone, her mobile phone. But her mobile phone case is a picture of her answering her phone in the same dress. So someone's obviously taken a photo of her in their dress. And then they've put it onto the the phone case. And then they've, yeah. yeah. So the link to that little video goes for about five seconds. But it's, uh, you know, typical JLD, funny little quirky thing. Yeah, I love her sense of humour. She's great. Good sense of humour. Yep. Yep. So, links to that video and all of the articles will be in the show notes and that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Very good, Steve. When we come back, we are talking about Rachel Goldstein because it is a What's the Deal with episode so we can't wait and uh, before that, we'll talk about the actress Melanie Smith and uh, she's had a... uh, Melanie Smith, right? Melanie? Yes. Yes. And I I was going to say Melissa. Um, But Melanie's had a really interesting life after acting, and uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit about that as well. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be back. From Mongolia to Melbourne, you're on Bidwabask. Welcome back to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This week we are talking about Jerry's longest-running girlfriend, Rachel Goldstein. Yes, played by Melanie Smith, former actress turned yoga instructor, and she owns a uh, a yoga studio in Pennsylvania, which is doing quite well. Yeah. And she's got a blog, and uh, I mentioned before the break that I, I read her blog on her trials and tribulations and uh, the fact she gave up acting and stuff after... Tragedy in her family. It was really sad. Yeah, actually, it was very. Like, she went through a lot. No, you. Uh, I did sent, not know that. You sent the link to me, and I read through it. Um, yeah, and it's quite a long, complex, and sad, but ultimately positive tale of yeah. uh, overcoming some some pretty horrible dark stuff. I know. I feel like I, I said to you before. I like we started recording. I think we should reach out to her. You yeah, know, just to say hey. Yeah. You know. No, it's very inspiring. It's very good. Yeah, I'd love to reach out to her. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put a link to her blog in the show notes. So if you want to have a read, we won't go too much into it now. No, a lot of it's very uh very personal. Very personal, to her. yeah. So yeah, yeah, and maybe you don't want to hear about it. But if uh, if you wanna if you wanna, you know, read about her life and how she got to where she is and how she transitioned from acting to being a very successful yoga teacher and studio owner and life coach as well, mm. um, it's all there. It's, and it's a really, really 
it, it takes you on a roller coaster. Yeah, I thought it was very noteworthy to mention. I thought we better mention that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Anyway, Melanie Smith. She was born on December 16, 1962 in Scranton, uh, Pennsylvania in the United States. Uh, she was uh, she's was an actress formerly. Uh, she was known for appearing in Star Trek: Deep Space Nine as Tora Zael. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the show As the World Turns. I think it was a daytime soap opera, I okay. believe. And uh, also Seinfeld as Rachel. Of that's course. right. She also appeared in a Curb episode, a 2000 episode called The Group. Oh, okay. Yep. That must be a season one. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I don't remember her in it, but okay, I'll have to go back and watch it. Mm. Um, a bit of trivia about Melanie. So uh, she made her first nude appearance in the Baby Doll Murders in 1993. Uh, her character was nude also in The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. in 1994, although she did not appear nude on screen. And she was the, um, you mentioned that she played Tora Zial in uh, Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. She was the third and final actress to play that role. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. Mm. From that show. Yeah. Oh, yes. there you go. Mm. I didn't know that. I was never a Trekkie, so I don't know much about it. Nah, me either. Mm. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, Melanie, and, and we mentioned as well that she's also got a uh, yoga studio as well. Um, she's got her own blog, which, like I said, we'll put in the show notes as well. And uh, it's called uh, Well Lit Life. That's her... Um, her organization yeah. yeah so what i gleaned from her website and her blog is that uh she no longer has the yoga studio it's closed down towards oh. the end of that long story mm-hmm. um it said something about uh not owning the four walls of the yoga studio anymore but i believe her organization uh, uh organizes like a, vo- a yoga events yeah like so they're more in the event management side of things now yeah that, that and, and also life coaching yeah, so yeah. I don't think the physical studio exists, but at one point it was voted by, I think, Vogue magazine or some sort of influential magazine as one of the best yoga studios in the world, yeah. or if not the world, yeah. in America. Yeah, 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 I saw that too. Yeah, so I don't know what differentiates a good and a bad yoga studio, but uh, obviously it was uh, it was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she she was um, offered a very lucrative role in a major cable series. She didn't say which one. No. Um, I believe... From memory, in that in her blog, uh, she, she was basically it. yeah. She she's not she doesn't mention it, but uh, she the the producers or whoever she was talking to in negotiations with said pick your character, pick your character, whatever one you want. Yeah, yeah. And then at that point, she decided to scale back and ultimately quit acting because her uh, son was born and after a couple of personal tragedies. Yeah, a couple of very personal family tra- tragedies. Unfortunately, very yeah. sad for her. Um, Indeed. Yes. So, but yeah, no, it's really great how she's she's doing well. Like, I don't know. It's just I read her blog and I'm like, wow, that's incredible. massive turnaround. Massive. Turnaround. Really inspiring. Very inspiring indeed. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's hard for people to turn uh, you know overwhelming negative experiences uh, into overwhelming positive experiences and and uh, focusing your energy outwards into the world to make mm-hmm. other people's lives a bit uh, a bit better in any way you can. That's mm-hmm. it's it's admirable indeed. And uh, she's married to uh, Michael Idol. Okay. She's married to him since uh, 1996. Huh. From what I can see. Okay. Yeah, that, well, that's what it says. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, let's talk about Rachel. Rachel, yeah. Let's do it. Rachel Goldstein. So, she is the uh, Jerry's most dated girlfriend, except for Elaine Bennis, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, she appeared in four episodes, including the two-part of The Raincoats. Uh, she and Jerry make out while watching Schindler's List and are seen by Newman, who informs Jerry's and Rachel's parents of the incident. As a result, her father, Mr. Goldstein, tells Jerry she won't be seeing him again, but they're still together later in the series. In the Hamptons, Rachel accidentally walks in on George naked while he's a victim of shrinkage, having just gotten out of the pool. 
Uh, she tells George's girlfriend, Jane, who immediately returns home as a result. <laughs> and finally, she's seen in the opposite, where she breaks up with Jerry, who quickly says he'll find somebody else, as things always even after him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a small little arc, but a really good one. Yeah, very good one. Yeah, and no, I, I like her character. Yep. I think uh, Rachel... I think she seems quite grounded, and yep. I think she was kind of good for Jerry. For sure. Well. Yeah. We I do remember talking about... I didn't re-listen to our Hamptons episode, which I believe we did in season two. two. I think it was our... Either our premiere or the second episode of yeah, season two. That's right. Yeah. Um, but obviously we did talk about her in the context of that episode. And I do remember I can't be I can't remember if both of us or if it was just me saying that I didn't really like her in the Hamptons because she was quite mean to George. Yeah. And the fact that she gossiped about him and potentially broke up their relationship. That's right, yeah. And she was obviously pretty off George, which is fair enough because George is not the, the nicest person. Um, but I, I think she overstepped a line in that episode by, by, you know, her her laughing at his shrinkage was a you know just a natural reaction in that moment. Yeah, of okay, course. that's fine. Yeah, everyone would you know some people would probably have a giggle, but to then gossip about it to George's to his girlfriend, girlfriend, yeah, is pretty rude and mm. pretty pretty. I don't know, just a shitty thing. It's pretty bad form. So clearly, like. Maybe she just doesn't like George. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or just doesn't, you know, because she says to him, you know, she says in the Hamptons, she says, oh, he's weird. He's a strange guy. And then Jerry's like, wait till you get to know him. Yeah. (laughs) I think she just got, I mean, they don't really explore or explain why she doesn't like George, but I think it's just a case of, you know, she met him, got bad vibes and, you know, he's yet to to change her opinion of him. And then George gets back at her by uh, giving her lobster infused eggs that's right she's Jewish <laughs> mm. and it's not kosher not at all that's right yeah so obviously Goldstein Jewish name she's from a Jewish background yep uh, lives with her father mm-hmm. um, not sure about the mother don't know what happened yep um, yeah and uh, obvious yeah well it sounds to me like you know she hasn't moved out of home yet and it's funny how Jerry and, and Rachel you know because Jerry's parents stay with them during the raincoats and uh, they got nowhere to kind of do their thing yeah it's funny they're like teenagers yeah yeah, it's funny. yeah they reminded me of uh, you know when I was a teenager and I had girlfriends Likewise, and, you yeah. know you want to spend a bit of time alone with them exactly and uh, you know it's and I didn't have a car my not, driver's license at the time not so. many opportunities so no. it was always at other people's houses yeah just I know. wherever you could at school whatever that's <laughs> cool yeah Oh, just like not doing stuff, but just just any time alone was always nice. I get you know? what you mean. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. You're Stephen. You're expelled. <laughs> worth it. Oh, worth it. <laughs> For the record, I wasn't expelled. No, no, no. Uh, so prior to uh, being introduced. Uh, in the raincoats, she had been going out with Jerry for at least three weeks prior to that. Yeah, that's right. Because Jerry mentions in the diner in the opening scene of the raincoats part one uh, that his, he was frust- obviously sexually frustrated that he couldn't, uh, you know, because he wasn't spending any time with her. Um, and he says, for the last three weeks, I haven't been able to see her because he was on the road and then I think she was away. He, he details why they haven't seen each other for three weeks. So that would lead me to believe that maybe before the raincoats, they'd been going out for at least a month. Yeah. And uh, maybe she met him at a comedy show or something like that. Because at this time in the series and also throughout the raincoats, Jerry seems to be really focused on his comedy. It's a bit more of a plot point in a lot of episodes, like not his performances, but just being mentioned as part of his life. Mm -hmm. It's a bit more of a focus. Yeah. So maybe he's been touring a bit more. Maybe, you know, he's been a bit more active. So increasing the chances of meeting people. So my theory is that he met her at a comedy show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that sounds like that. about right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, if we theorize that they've been going out for about a month prior, 
I've actually got a bit of a, an overall theory on her arc, if you'll, okay. let, if you'll let me indulge. Oh, please. <laughs> sure. So, like I said just before, we've, uh, well, I have and, and we have talked about her context, uh, her, her character in the context of the Hamptons. Uh, and just that episode alone makes you, you know, it leaves a bit of taste in your mouth in terms of liking her. But then she gets her, like, she gets revenge against her by eating the lobster. For sure. You know, yeah, so. no, it evens out. Even Stevens out. Even Stevens out, yeah. <laughs> uh, so my theory is that she lives with her parents. She looks a bit younger. She looks maybe mid-20s. Yeah. Jerry's in her, in his mid-30s. mid-30s by you know, stage, yeah. 35, 36. I'd say she's probably late 20s. Okay. I reckon mid to late 20s. Right. Yeah. Either way, she's a bit younger than Jerry. Mm. Uh, Mr. Goldstein, obviously very conservative, He's yeah. very, very... Probably uh, an orthodox Jew. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think she was going through a stage in her life where she was trying to rebel a bit and test the boundaries, not only of her family structure or family expectations, but also her faith. Maybe she was having a small crisis of faith Yeah. and going out with a, a Jewish man who's not a, a practicing Jew. Yeah. I mean, you know, Seinfeld as a character is a Jew. Yeah. But you never see him practice. Judaism is not part of his life. No, it's not. He's a non-practicing Jew. And you can notice that as well with her rebellious streak by the clothes she wears, the attire. She wears like tight shirts and yeah. she wears like high top jeans. Yep. You know, that, that, that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I think so. she was testing the limits of family and religious and social expectations within the Jewish community. Um, and I... After, you know, after, and part of testing her limitations was, um, you know, being tempted to eat non-kosher food, i.e. Yeah. the lobster in, in the Hamptons. So clearly she's been deprived of that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's just trying to, you know, bite the forbidden apple, to use yeah. a, a, you know, a cliched metaphor. Mm. Um, but then I think Kramer reminds her of her faith and family. You know, he obviously, she seems really thankful at the dinner table the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, almost putting Kramer up on a pedestal for reminding her of who she really is and what she really values out of life. And then in the, you know, I think that makes her go through a small period of reflection of like, well, why am I rebelling? You know, and, and it form it, it forces her, well, not forces her, but it, it leads her to reconnect with those fundamental parts of who she is and what what's important into important to her, you know, her faith, her family, her community, all of those things. And then she says in the final scene that she's in where she breaks up with Jerry, she says, I've been doing a bit of thinking. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of thinking. And I think that thinking is Relating back to her yeah. Judaism and her faith. And she yeah. probably wants someone a bit more orthodox. Maybe. Yeah. That's right. And, also, and then she meets Tim Watley, <laughs> who's just Jewish for the jokes. <laughs> who's a phony Jew. Yeah, phony Jew. That sounds a bit anti-Semitic, Stephen. We probably have Jewish people that listen to us. I'm talking about Tim Watley. Uh, Tim Watley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm an anti-dentite. Uh, you, are, you are a raving anti-dentite. Yeah, so I think she realises that by pushing boundaries and by testing the limits, that doesn't really make her happy. You know, she was searching for something that wasn't there, mm. and uh, what she really wanted was right in front of her and inside her, not outside of her. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and then she breaks up with Jerry, and then I would imagine she would have gone back fully, you know, dove dove right back into her, her practices, faith and yeah. her practices and her community and honoring her father and you know all of those things that were in, important to her growing up. Mm-hmm. And you know, she probably would have met a more uh, conservative. Uh, practicing Jewish man. Yeah, someone and, at the um, synagogue. Someone you know? at the synagogue. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and gone on to live a, a very conventional, traditional, 
you know, life. good Jewish no, life. Yeah, I think so Whatever too. that looks like. She probably settled down and had children and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, lived a happy life. For Forgot sure. about Jerry. Jerry was just a distant memory. Yeah, he, she, he was just a bit of a bit of a flirtation with the, you know, with the... With the, the wrong side. Yeah, the wrong side. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. So she wasn't always naturally rebellious. She no. She just tried to... And I think that yeah. explains some of her behavior in uh, the Hamptons, which makes me change my opinion of her. Because like I said, in the Hamptons, I said, I didn't really like her because she's quite mean to George. But then when you see her entire arc, yeah. and your arc sounds very plausible. Well, I think... Yeah. Yeah. And I think... Um, you know, her behavior in the Hamptons, like her humiliating George and, and gossiping about him behind her, his back, was a manifestation of the internal conflict that she was going through. She sort of acted out of frustration. Yeah. And she was just in a, in a rough time in her life, you know. And, and you know, that leads people to do dumb things and make mistakes that they wouldn't normally make yeah, if they were yeah. sort of calm and happy. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I forgive her. Yeah, you forgive her. <laughs> For her misstep. That's good. How about when they go to see Schindler's List mm. in the raincoats? Yep. Um, obviously, her father finds out and he's mortified. Yeah. You know, probably has relatives who suffered in the Holocaust or yeah. friends and family or whatever. Obviously, it'd be very... For a Jewish person, that'd be very hard to For sure. take. You know, finding out your daughter made out during Schindler's List. I think that would be more than just, uh, my daughter did something... You might as well have made out on the bones of the the freaking dead bodies. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't go that far, but no, I, but, but no, I know what you I mean. Get what yeah. You, yeah, you know, what it I would mean. be more of a. It's more than just my daughter misbehaved. It's my daughter insulted my heritage. Yeah, well, I was completely ignorant. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. So I I think he was in the context of honouring traditions and and respecting you know, the suffering of the past, of your people in the past. Yeah. I think you have a right to be pretty upset about it. But I think her and Jerry were just so worked up sexually. Oh, for sure. That they just didn't have a choice. Well, Jerry says that because mm. uh, um, Morty and Helen grill him. They're like, how can you make out in the in the in Schindler's list? list. Yeah. And, uh, and and Jerry's like, you know, we couldn't resist. We couldn't, we couldn't help ourselves because yeah. they were just so sexually frustrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, it was going to happen. People do that. Mm-hmm. You know, people's hormones get the better of them. <laughs> they do. You know, and then uh, I love uh, Newman's look, you know, when they're making out and then it's sort of the camera like slowly zooms up into Newman. Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. just like... Yeah. Like, sort of, he's like... And he chokes on his popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. So good. So good. Yeah. Do you have anything else about Rachel? Oh, man. I Well, it's what's the deal with... Yeah, oh, man, I I feel like I need to I need to speak more about her, but she's only been in basically four episodes. Yeah, and they're really her main scenes. Mm. Um, and she's only in two or maybe three in the raincoats. Yeah, she's talked about more than she's seen. She's seen exactly. Um, I mean, you don't see her until she is in the cinema with Jerry, and that's more than halfway through the episode. She's only in one scene in the opposite, and that goes for thirty seconds when they break up. Yeah, and that's non-eventful. It's mm-hmm. just Jerry's going, "Yep, okay, cool, everything works out, bye." Yeah. And then, you know, she's mostly in the Hamptons because yeah. they're away and it's focused on, on their relationship. So, yeah. So, but, I mean, she's very gossipy as well. Yeah. You know, gossiping to Jane about yeah. what happened. And, of course, if you saw someone shrunken dick. Like, oh, yeah. that, like, even, like, if I saw someone, like, if I walked in on them by mistake and saw that, I'd probably still piss myself laughing. For sure. I would. <laughs> yeah. Like I said before, I think her reaction was natural and uh, organic in that moment. Yeah, yeah. I would have the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but I think her gossiping was a step too far. I think it was too. Yeah. I wouldn't have said anything. No, it's quite humiliating. Mm, yeah. And especially when it's a new relationship and they haven't even, you know, had sex yet. Indeed. Naughty, naughty. No, and, you know, she definitely put a spanner in his works. Indeed. But a I, very small spanner. A very small spanner. 
<laughs> what is it? Number number six. I, I don't, <laughs> number I don't two. Know. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever the whatever the spanner to, sizes are. He didn't get to put a spanner in her works. But he didn't get to see her naked. Everyone saw Jane, his girlfriend, naked. But then she never never got to see Rachel naked. I think he just got a glimpse of her underwear because when he you know when he like accidentally on purpose busts She's into, about to pull her pants looking down. for some gum. I think you know she probably would have caught a glimpse of her underwear and that's it. And that's it. No, not much to no. brag about. No, but then she <laughs> then she you know he. Uh, he upset her quite a lot by putting lobster in uh, in the eggs. Of course. So I think I think they both, you know, it was it was fair play. And then you know when uh, when George is driving back, they go past the fruit shop to get the, the Hampton tomatoes. And then and, uh, and then, then he goes, she, oh, it's Rachel. And then Rachel throws off screen, throws, throws one at George. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. So she yeah. clearly gets annoyed at it. Yes. So anyway, that's, that's, that's really all for Rachel. That's all for Rachel. I liked her character overall, and I loved your arc. I think, yeah, like clearly she was of an, a conservative Jewish faith, mm-hmm. and then she decided to rebel, and then she, after seeing Jerry, realized that, you know, well, she, and after Kramer sort of reminding her of her faith, yeah, 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 that that made her realize, hang on, what am I doing? Exactly, this is not who I am. No, and then she settled down to a, you know, like a married life with kids and. Yeah, she lived living out the rest of her days as a yoga instructor. <laughs> yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, if you have anything else about Rachel, what do you think? Get in touch with us. And if you're Melanie, the actress, get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Please. Cool. Uh, let's take another break, and after that, we will go through our top ten secondary characters episodes: Seinfeldism, Seinfeldia, and more. Jerry. Yes. I've been doing a lot of thinking. Uh huh. Well, I don't think we should see each other anymore. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> what? No, it's fine. No problem. I'll meet somebody else. <laughs> sure. See, things always even out for me. Huh? It's fine. Anyway, it's been really nice dating you for a while. And, uh, good luck. <laughs> yeah, you too. This has been a What's the Deal with episode of Bidwabask, and we talked about Rachel Goldstein, Jerry's longest-running girlfriend on the show. And, uh, yeah, I guess it was a very brief talk or analysis we had about her, but uh, we basically said that, you know, she's a faithful, um, you know, person who who follows Judaism, and she rebelled a bit, and uh, she, after Kramer speaking to her, you know, she, she tries to eat the lobster, she found the Irva ways and went back to becoming a faithful... Uh, Faithful Jewish uh, person. Yep, she reconnected with her with her true self. She sure did. Now, Stephen, in our top 20 secondary characters of all time, does Rachel appear on your list? No, she does not. No, me either. I like yeah. her character. And you mentioned that in the Hamptons you didn't like her as much, and I was a bit, you know, she, she left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth as well. But after seeing her in the raincoats and the opposite in that one scene, uh, yeah, I have respect for her, but unfortunately not enough to make the top 20. No, she in the Hamptons she was non-kosher, and then by the end of this episode she was kosher again. <laughs> yeah, she was. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes. Uh, do you have any Seinfeldisms this week? I do. Do you? Uh, no, not this week. No. Okay. Uh, this one happened on the weekend. So my on Sunday I was with my girlfriend. Oh. And uh, Her name's she, Rachel Goldstein. Her name's Rachel Goldstein. Yes. And uh, she dumped me, and now she's back to being a Jew. <laughs> a faithful Jew. <laughs> Very nice. We made out in a movie. No. Uh, <laughs> she was texting her friend and her friend. Her friend and her went out the night before to a show, and uh, her friend picked up uh, a lucky man, and they went home oh, together. I did not. And my girlfriend was texting her on Sunday, you know, for the details. And let me guess, he was... Watching TV and eating while they were making out? No. Nope. Like George and the Blood? No. No? Okay. She didn't know his name. 
<laughs> it rhymes with a male body part. No, uh, well, almost. Dennis, <laughs> almost. And uh, I told Kaylee to send a link of the uh, the Mulva scene to her, and uh, she did. And uh, her friend thought it was hilarious. Yeah. And uh, her friend ended up trying to get this guy to show her his driver's license. Oh no way! Because I think she brought up the conversation of like. Um, you know, oh, I've got this, like, I think because she's lost a lot of weight in her life and her driver's license photo is her when she was a lot heavier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think she just somehow, like, crowbarred into the conversation, like, oh, look how different my license photo is compared to how I look now. Like, oh, can I have a look at your license photo? Well, you know what you should have done? Just to get him to, like, pull it out so she could be like, oh, his name's this. Yeah. Oh, you know know what your your girlfriend should have done? She should have gone to the, like, you know, the next morning or something and said, hey, I'm blah. Yeah, and he would have said hi. I'm blah. <laughs> or you know, he. Would, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Okay, bye. <laughs> She's like, I'm done. <laughs> Just bailed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, obviously, that's a uh, a similar situation to uh, when Jerry can't remember who uh, Dolores's name. Dolores, yeah, aka Mulva. That's right. In that's the right. Junior Mint. That's which we've great. Covered last season. La- uh, no, this season. I, was last season. I think it was last season. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That was a great Seinfeld, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, not bad. Perfect. Not bad. Perfect. Uh, trivia for today, Seinfeldia. Now, very, very short trivia I can see from here. Thanks, man. Okay. <laughs> um, the members of the studio audience for the taping of the Seinfeld finale all signed secrecy affidavits. I think we all know that. Yeah, okay. Because, you know, at the time there was no internet and stuff and, you know, mm. spoilers couldn't be out, but you still had to be sure you couldn't give away the secrets. Yeah. I mean, even without an internet, even without an internet, the internet, mm. uh, you know, uh, an audience member could have talked to a reporter and then it could have leaked out that way. Yeah. But yeah. But they kept it tight. For yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah. wonder what would happen if you did, like, leak it. Like, I reckon they'd the probably re- change the ending. Yeah. Mm. I've heard of some shows, what they do is, like, or what they used to do is they used to write, like, multiple endings. Oh. So if in case one gets leaked, they'll just right. drop the other one. Okay. They've got know? some backups. Yeah. Do they film those alternative endings, or do they just have them on standby in case I'm not, it leaks out or something? I'm not sure if they film it, but oh, I've heard yeah. like it's happened a few times. Okay, to, like this is like back in the day. Yep, you know, pre-internet, pre-internet, yeah, huh. just in case something leaks and they're like, oh shit, interesting. Here's another another script. Your character actually dies. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you know. Imagine being an actor on Game of Thrones. Like just every uh, every every new script, you'd be like, oh, this is it, and like you know, you read through the end of the script, you're like, yes, I survive another episode. It's like Littlefinger. He's like. Shh. It's like, shit, I should have um, died three seasons ago. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. That'd be just constant anxiety. Yeah, I Like, know. oh, is this the end? Because anyone can die. Yeah, at any time. <laughs> Poor Sean Bean. He's like, fuck, nine episodes. <laughs> well, at that stage in his career, he should have known that but, he was going to die. But that's, he's known that's what for Sean dying. Bean does. Yeah, Sean yeah. Bean dies in all of his movies yeah, and stuff. Lord of the Rings, what's, Goldfinger. What's the funniest death Oh, sorry, ever... not Goldfinger. What's it called? Not Goldmember? Goldfinger? No, what's Goldfinger. the one? Goldfinger. Goldeneye. Goldeneye, yeah, that's yep. right. Yeah, yeah. What was the funniest death you've ever seen for Sean Bean? Mine is when he gets... He's... All these sheep are, like, chasing him. It's like some British movie. Okay. And all these, and he's, like, at the edge of a cliff, and there's all these sheep running at him, and he jumps off the cliff and dies. Wow. I, I don't know what... You, like, there's a Sean Bean death compilation, and you watch <laughs> that, and you're like, oh, my God. Fuck. He's, he gets chased off a cliff by sheep. Wow. I'd rather risk kidding? being stampeded and maybe surviving yeah. than, than certain death by jumping off a cliff. I don't know if the sheep were cursed or whatever. Cursed. I, I got no idea, but they all just... Like, they ran towards him, and he's at the edge of the cliff, and he just flies off. Okay. And he's dead. Hmm. What's the funniest one you've ever seen? Is that... You asking me? Yeah, the Sean. Have you? Well, you, the only ones I've seen are Goldeneye, Lord of the Rings, and Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah, and neither of none of those are funny. Like no. Game of Thrones is just brutal. Yeah. 
uh, Lord of the Rings is just sad. And Goldeneye, he just falls off. Yeah, Goldeneye is the villain and he dies. Like, yeah, it's going to yeah. happen. So, yeah. none of those are funny. But I'll watch the compilation and get yeah, back to you. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, yeah. Please. Indeed. That's it for another week, but I don't want to be a secondary character. Yeah, next week we're going to go to season two or three. I haven't uh, checked. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's an earlier episode, The Dog. Hmm. I no, think it's season two. Season two. Yep. No farful. No farful. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Some guy off screen just going, oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Let, we'll talk about farful and uh, farful's owner. Yep, that's yeah. right. As well as uh, potentially other characters. That's right. Yes. And uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we have an email address, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com, our website, bidwabask.com. We're on all social medias, so say hello. Uh, we're on all podcast services. If you want to leave a five-star review, that would be amazing. It really helps us with visibility. And we are on Patreon as well, patreon.com forward slash bidwabask. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And uh, thanks again for listening, and we're going to be back next week for The Dog. Oh. Thank <laughs> you.